Shopping malls and online stores are filled with people searching for that perfect gift, the thing that they hope will bring lasting happiness. But even the biggest store doesn't carry the thing you need most. So when we celebrate this time of year, it's not just about songs and lights and trees. It's about reclaiming something that was lost. Welcome to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp. Here, we hope you'll find answers to some of life's everyday struggles. You can learn more by visiting simpletruthsforlife.org. When Jesus came into the world as a child, he showed he wanted to dwell among us and within us. And today, Charles Tapp helps you understand the simple truth that when you seek out the babe in a manger, you'll find the greatest gift of all. In his message, The Lost Glory. If you examine the story of the children of Israel, you will see that there is a common thread, a familiar theme that is painfully prevalent throughout her history. It is one where the God of heaven reaches out as a loving parent would, and for a time she accepts that love and responds to it with the most careful of obedience. But then something happens. Israel, for whatever the reason, begins to travel down a path of disobedience that eventually takes her out of the protective arms of God. But like any loving parent, God uses whatever he knows will get his erring child back on the road of obedience and back into his protective arms of love. How many of you know that to be a fact today? Many times God's methods are are misunderstood by his people because in his efforts to get Israel back in line, he uses what many counselors refer to as tough love. Tough love. At first glance, these terms seem almost to contradict each other, but not so to the one that truly understands the depths and the dimensions of what true love is really all about. A tough love is an expression that is used when someone treats another person harshly with the intent that somewhat, that somewhat harsh treatment will be beneficial to that individual in the long run. All throughout this country, there are what they call tough love boot camps that have been set up to assist parents in helping their unruly, out-of-control children to ultimately see the light. This tough love principle is usually implemented in one of two ways. One is for the individual, the concerned individual, to place the one who they believe their behavior to be destructive to take that individual and put them in a situation or a set of circumstances that they feel will reap the desired results of getting that person back on track. The second way is to simply allow the individual an opportunity to experience in some non-threatening way the painful scenario that they have created for themselves in the hope that they will experience enough pain so that it will cause them to finally see 
the light. And this is where we find ourselves today in 1 Samuel and the fourth chapter. Here we find God's people once again at war with her enemies. But what is different this time from all the other times is that she finds herself in this predicament because she has not sought the counsel of God. Listen, whenever we step out and attempt to do things without first seeking the counsel of God, we are placing ourselves, our lives, our future, our eternity on dangerous ground. If you don't believe me, just ask those who have entered into some business deal or ask those who made the decision to change their career or just ask those who chose to get married without first seeking the wisdom, the counsel, the direction, the guidance of God. You just ask them. Here we find Israel in a war in which they should have never entered. And despite the overwhelming casualties of 4,000 troops that they lost in just the first battle alone, they were so determined to fight that they continued on. And as I read that this morning in my study, this is what came to my mind. Why is it that the military refers to soldiers as troops and not individual lives? Think about that for a moment. You see, saying that you lost 4,000 troops doesn't sound as painful as when you say 4,000 men and women were killed. Somehow troop is to a lesser degree, less of a personal term than it is that of soldier. Well, somewhere in the heat of the battle, some individual came up with the bright idea that to help their endeavor along, that they should go up to Shiloh and get the Ark of God and to bring it back into the battle in the hopes that the Ark's presence would ensure their victory. Their reasoning was that because the Ark had, had gone before the nation in the wilderness and had marched into victory around Jericho, they thought its presence would guarantee them victory over the Philistine enemy. But Israel made one crucial tactical error. It is the same error that God's people still make today time after time after time. Here it is. They assume that by having the ark of God in their presence, that it also meant that they had the presence of God with them as well. You see, the ark was God's footstool that symbolized his presence more than any other part of the tabernacle. And as integral a part as it played in the service of the tabernacle. Listen, it was only a symbol of God's presence and it was not a guarantee of the presence of God. You see, you're on dangerous ground when you think that God is with you when he's not. 
That's why Moses said, Lord, if you don't go with us, we're not going. If you step outside of the will of God and try to do things in your own power, you are headed for disaster. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? I will never forget my wife and I decided on our own that it was time for us to leave a church, a city, a people, and go to another state to be closer to family. We decided that it was time. To make a long story short, we made all the plans that you make in moving, changing banks, and getting our child enrolled in another school. But as God would have it, it was not his will. Hear me today. When you step out with your own plans, trying to do your own thing, instead of consulting the will of God, you are headed for disaster. Some of you know what I'm talking about, not because you read it in the word of God, because you have your own painful life experience. You are suffering pain and heartache right now because you stepped out before you counseled and sought for the wisdom of God. Give you the Reader's Digest version of what happened. It wasn't pretty. But the Lord in his infinite grace and mercy allowed us to turn things around, go back. I was able to get my job back. My wife couldn't get her job back. She had to take another job in the same hospital that paid considerably less. And that was God's constant reminder. Don't you step out and try to do it by yourself until you consult me first. Israel should have never been in this war and they added insult to injury by going and taking the ark of God, thinking by having the ark, they would have God's presence. But God said, you can have the ark, but I'm not going. They thought that God was with them. Israel was given the false sense of security because they had the ark of God, the symbol of God's glory, but it didn't mean they had the presence of God's glory. Many times we assume that because we are in the house of God on the Lord's day, worshiping and praising and singing to God, that we are automatically granted the presence of God. Hear me. And when we do this, we are no better off than the Israelites who believe that because they had possession of the ark, that they also had possession of God's presence. Even Israel's enemies, the Philistines, were under the delusion that because the Israelites possessed the ark of God's presence, that the God must be with them. And, and no one knew better than Israel's enemies what the words of Paul meant when he said, if God be for you, who can be against you? For when they saw this ark, they just knew that they were going to suffer defeat. Well, the Philistines were truly cognizant of the fact that where God's people were 
he had to be with them. For when the Philistines looked upon the ark, they didn't just see a symbol of the presence of the glory of God, but to them, this was the very essence of God. So in their minds, they were no longer fighting the Israelites, but now they were fighting the Israelites, God, who had a perfect track record. You can imagine the trepidation that must have entered their souls when they, when they received the news that the Israelites now had in their possession the ark. How many of you love basketball? How many of you remember the New York Knicks when they were the New York Knicks? Do you remember when they won their first championship? Anybody? Besides me and him, <laughs> behind me, or oh, you saw it on videotape? <laughs> YouTube, right? It was game seven. The series was tied. New York won, they would be the champions. But something happened a few days before. One of their star players, Willis Reed, had a knee injury and could not play. That day, before the game started, both teams were out taking their warm-up shots, getting ready, and then you heard a roar from the crowd. Here walks Rillis Reed, dressed in his Knicks uniform, with his leg all bandaged up limping out onto the court. Anybody remember this? Was it, I'm just the only one? Okay. Listen, he never played a minute of the game. But after winning their first championship, not only the Knicks, but the basketball commentators, as well as some of the players from the other team said the tide shifted when they saw Willis Reed walk out onto the court. He said just seeing him appear, even though he couldn't play, was an emotional lift for our team. Israel, when they brought the ark, hear me today, of God, the ark of his presence, and they put it in the middle of the camp, it was an emotional lift for them, for they thought now that we've got the ark. the symbol of God's glory. You're listening to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp and his message, The Lost Glory. And if you're enjoying this message or you'd like to find others like it, you can find out more by visiting simpletruthsforlife.org. We'll conclude with the rest of his message right after this. Jesus came here for you. No matter what your skin color is. Jesus came here for you if you're Republican. Democrat, neutral, don't know or don't care, or any political party. Jesus came for the far left and the far right, or if you're somewhere in between. Jesus came for the person who cut you off in traffic. Jesus came for the homeless, the poor, the middle class, and the rich. Jesus came for love. Love. Jesus came for you and for all his children. We're here to remind you of that. WGTS 91.9. Always encouraging. And 88.3 on the Eastern Shore. This is Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp. And in the midst of the season with all the gifts and lights, and music, 
Is there something else we've missed along the way? Well, let's get back to Charles Tapp as he helps you discover the babe in the manger, the greatest gift of all. In his message, The Lost Glory. Let's take a look at it again in 1 Samuel 4. Beginning with verse 17 and go to verse 22. And he that brought the tidings answered and said, Israel is fled before the Philistines. And there hath been also a great slaughter among the people. And by this time, it was over 30,000, by the way. And thy two sons also, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead. And the ark of God is taken. And it came to pass that when he made mention of the ark of God, that Eli fell from, from off his feet, backward by the side of the gate, and his neck break, and he died, for he was an old man and heavy. In other words, he was, he was overweight. And he had judged Israel for how long? Forty years. And his daughter-in-law, this is where it gets interesting. Whoever says the Bible is a boring book, you haven't read it. And his daughter-in-law, Phineas' wife, was with child near to be delivered. And when she heard the tidings that the ark of God was taken and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself and brought forth, for her pains came upon her. And about the time of her death, the women that stood by her said unto her, Fear not, for thou hast brought forth a son. Because, you know, in those days, if you gave birth to a son, you had done something. But we don't have sons, but we've still done something. <laughs> Amen? But she answered not, neither did she regard it. In other words, that was not what was uppermost in her mind that she had given birth to a son. Because if you're giving birth to a son, that could possibly mean you were giving birth to the Messiah. Verse 21, and she named the child what? Ichabod. Saying the glory is departed from Israel because the ark of God was taken and because of her father-in-law and her husband. And she said, the glory, once again, is departed from Israel, for the ark of God is taken. Now, I don't want us to miss the gravity of this situation. I want us to, to take careful care to the four pieces of bad news that were given to Eli. First, he was told by the messenger that Israel has turned and run. Secondly, that thousands of the Israelites, over 30,000 of them, had been killed. Thirdly, Eli's two disobedient sons, Hophni and Phinehas, had lost their lives. And lastly, Eli received the news that the ark of God's presence had been captured by the enemy. Now, don't miss this. Eli, upon hearing the news, not the news of the death of his sons, but the news upon hearing that the, that the ark of God was lost to their enemies. The Bible says in a state of shock, he fell to the ground, broke his neck and died. Not because of the sadness that, that overtook his soul because of his sons losing their lives, but because of the grief he felt because of the ark. 
that was taken. Then we have Eli's pregnant daughter-in-law, the wife of his son, Phineas. Upon hearing the awful news, the Bible says she goes into premature labor. The Jewish historian Josephus says that she was probably about seven months into the pregnancy, which may give reason for why she died, probably due to complications of giving premature birth. But notice that before she dies, and all of you women who are giving birth can appreciate this, and all the men who have been there in the delivery room can appreciate this as well. Before she dies, she has the presence of mind to name the child Ichabod, meaning the glory of the Lord has departed. For if anything underscores the importance of what the ark meant to Israel, this was it. And this unnamed pregnant woman understood, as did her father-in-law, the priest Eli, that if the glory of God departs, there is nothing left that is good behind. Someone once said that we can begin to understand what the church is talking about when we understand the words and the language that the church uses. For this word glory is an interesting word. It didn't even start off being a spiritual word, but later it took upon spiritual connotations, a spiritual meaning. But initially it simply referred to the glory of the prestige that a person had, that a man had based on what he owned and based on his possessions. But when you look at it scripturally, when we talk about the glory of God, The only way I can describe it is, it is the overwhelming impressiveness of God. It is how God chooses to manifest himself. Whether it be in a tent, or whether it be through smoke in the temple of Solomon, as the Bible says, the the glory of the Lord filled it. In other words, God's glory is simply a manifestation of his powerful presence in whatever form he chooses to do it. Whether it's through nature, for scripture reminds us that the heavens declare the glory of the Lord, or maybe it's in the presence of a wooden box. But the key for us today is not what form, to be worried about what form the glory of God takes, But what we need to be concerned about this morning is never wanting to be without the presence of the glory of God. Who says amen to that? And Israel knew that once they lost the glory of the Lord, they had lost everything. But as important as having the glory of God is in our lives, many who have lost it are not even aware that it's missing It's because, as Paul told Timothy, it's because you have taken on a form of godliness, something that looks like God, but it doesn't have the power of God's presence. Paul says that in these last days, the church will have a false sense of security because it believes that God's presence is with them. 
But all the while, all we have is a form, a empty box. Yes, we may have beautiful worship, majestic music, biblical teaching and preaching. Hear me. But if we don't have the glory of God's presence, we have nothing. We can come here week after week after week, but if the presence of God is not here, we have nothing. I don't care whether this place is filled with over 3,000 people and we have individuals standing outside waiting to get in. We have nothing and Israel understood that, but they had to learn it the hard way. For they lost the presence of God from their lives. The same way you and I lose the presence of God from our lives today, it is through our willful, blatant disobedience. Which means you can do all the God-like stuff. You could even do like they did when I was in college. You know, we had theology students who would walk around with their Bibles and hold them to their chest. And we just thought these guys were the holiest folk around. It means nothing unless you have the presence of God's glory in our lives. You see, God is no longer content to have his glory manifested in tents, to have his glory manifested in temples. But God, the greatest manifestation of his glory, came at the advent in the person of Jesus Christ. Israel lost the glory. But what the Advent is all about is the restoration of the glory of God. So when we celebrate this time of year, it's not just about songs and lights and trees. It's about reclaiming something that was lost. And through the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ, you and I can now have the glory of God in our lives. Just as it filled the temple, it can now fill our lives and God's presence can be manifested through love and joy and peace and gentleness and goodness and long suffering. But many of us today, many churches today need to cry out, Ichabod, for the presence of God is no longer with us. As we celebrate this Advent season, we knew to do an inventory of our lives and ask ourselves, do we just have a form of godliness or do we truly have the presence of God's glory in our lives? Do we just have an empty box or does God reside in our tabernacle? For God is not content to manifest his glory in a crib, not even on a cross. For now his goal is to have his glory manifested in my life and in your life. And when that begins to happen, then we too will be able to manifest God's glory wherever we go. We will truly be the light that God has called us to be. Yes, God's glory departed. It came through Jesus Christ, but now God won't be content until his glory is in your life, and his glory is in mine. My prayer today is that my life would be an empty vessel and that God's glory, just as he did in the temple, can come down 
and make residence here. For if that begins to happen in all of God's people, we can celebrate the season of Advent 365 days a year. Who believes that today? You've been listening to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp and his message, The Lost Glory. And if you want to listen again or share it with someone, you can find these messages on platforms like Apple Podcasts and now also on Spotify. Or visit us online at simpletruthsforlife.org. Now here's what we're working on for next week. Sometimes in life, the best way for us to actually move forward so that we can truly become better, stronger, wiser, is to have the willingness to take a brutal, honest look at our past so that we might gain a proper perspective of it as well as the role that God wants our past to play in successfully helping us to move forward to the future that he has planned for each and every one of us. Sometimes the best way forward is to have a willingness to take an honest look at our past. Next week, Charles Tapp explains what this means and how you can gain a better perspective as we enter a new year. With his message, better, stronger, wiser. Well, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll plan to join us again next week for more Simple Truths for Life.